Hello and welcome back to the second episode of the Business Talk Show. Today I'm joined by PR and radio presenter, Keith Newman. Hello there. And Keith, how long have you been in business for? Um, I've been in Highlights Piano for 15 years. Fantastic. And how did you actually get into this to start with? I suppose it was by accident, really. Um, I worked for many years in the gas industry uh, with a number of different jobs, ranging from um, accounts clerk right the way up to call centre manager. And that call centre manager job was a... um, a rotational shift pattern, so I worked night shifts, so I worked Christmas days, things like that. But I also got a lot of time where I either worked day shifts or had a lot of time off. And when I was on my day shifts, I had to specialise in something for the benefit of the call centre. And I tended to specialise in community involvement. So I devised schemes to get people into employment who had um, disabilities um, from ethnic minorities. And I even was lucky enough to go to America to study work experience programs and bring in the UK's first paid work experience program for kids. So all of these were generating PR. And eventually um, the PR team said, you're generating so much stories, you should be doing it from this side of the the fence rather than from the operational side. So I got a a three-month secondment to the PR team where they taught me how to write press releases how to take good photographs, how to deal with crisis. Um, And that three months turned into three years. And uh, I left um, when my job went down south. It wasn't the right time for me to go down south. And I got a job with an energy efficiency charity um, as their sales and marketing manager. And it wasn't for me. So I resigned and then I found I didn't have a job. So I bummed around for a year with my wife's antiques business, uh, which was great fun, but didn't pay the mortgage. And somebody in Ashington said to us at a networking meeting, do you do press releases? And I went, well, I can do. And I did a press release and got them on the radio, got them in TV. And, and I thought, why am I not doing this professionally? So 15 years ago, um, Highlights PR was formed. And what sort of so that led you to create Highlights PR? What thought of what sort of thought went into the name of the company? And oh. how, how much preparation was that to even start it? Do you know when you're starting out a new business, it's a bit like when you're a teenager and you, you form a band. What we're going to call the band? It's always the hardest part, and the business is to get the right name is just ridiculous. I just didn't know what to call it. You think, well, should it be Keith Newman PR and anything? No, that's a bit, you know, why would people want to do that, you know? Um, And there's all sorts of odd words. And I have a passion for boats and lighthouses and ships and things like that. And I was out for a drive with my wife and we came to North Shields where one of the lighthouses there is called the Highlights. And I'm sitting looking at me. Is that is that a good name, Highlights? And I thought, yeah, it is, because it's named after a lighthouse, so I was happy. Um, But it also highlights your business, and that's how Highlights PR was formed, but it took months. And I'm guessing from that name as well, that inspired your logo upon that. Has your your logo gone through many changes in the last 15 years? (laughs) Not really. Um, Initially, it was a very crude lighthouse design. Um, But then... um, a lady called it Amy Purdy. She actually designed um, the Lighthouse logo 
15 years ago and it hasn't changed and now wow. of course it's on it's on my boat and it's on um it's on the van as well which oh, is fantastic. really good it's very visible yeah and with that as well you've got a boat yeah how how, how did that happen what led you to go down the route of i'm not going to have an office in a building i'm going to get a boat yeah it, it's it's probably the best business decision i've ever ever had um I've always been fascinated by ships and the sea and boats. And when I was a young kid, I used to cycle down to the river and see the boats and write their numbers down and their names and things. A real ship spotter, you know. Um, and when I was probably in my early twenties, I joined the Marit. Uh, no, the jo- I joined the Royal Naval Auxiliary Service, the Reserve. So I used to drive boats all around the country, out at sea. Um, and never dreamt that I would ever be able to afford my own boat. But um, that's where the gas board comes in, the gas work I did, because when I turned 50, um, I got my pension and a lump sum. And it was a case of, dare I buy a boat with the lump sum? So I went to the boat show and was quickly disappointed when the first boat I asked how much it was, was something like £2.4 million. So that wasn't going to happen. But... I got um, my boat, which is called Highlights. Um, it was built from scratch for me. It's a 24-foot cabin cruiser. Uh, so it's got a nice area where I can sit and work. It's got the steering area, the navigation area. And then down below, it's a bit like a caravan. There's four berths down there, a cooker, toilet, shower. So it's it's got everything I possibly could have. And, and it's a great pull for... For, for my potential clients and my clients because I take them out for trips on the river as well. Do you get many clients converting from seeing your boat on the water and wondering who is that, what are they doing? It all it always intrigues people what's it like to have a floating office. That's what I call it, the floating office. Uh, even my business cards have my home uh, business address and the floating office address on. So yeah, I think it's a um, it's a definite good way of getting people to come onto the boat. I never hard sell, though. You know, if someone comes onto the boat, uh, give them a cup of tea or coffee, and we'll have a chat. If they don't want to pay, oh, that's great, because what they'll do is they'll go and tell somebody else, I've been on a boat. Oh, what was that about? It was a PR guy. Oh, I might need to see PR guy. So I, I, I never hard sell. Because whenever I speak to someone about you and they know you, they go, "Oh, Keith, he owns the boat," <laughs> and I right. go, "Yeah, it's one of the first people. It's one of the first things that springs to mind because yeah. it's so unique in business, rather than yeah. just having an office or a branded car." And and I do capitalise on that as well because what I say is on my tweets and on my Facebook. If anybody sees the boat or the van, um, take a photograph of it, put it on Twitter, and every month I'll I'll choose the best one and they get a prize. That's fantastic. And then obviously gives you more brand recognition because exactly. it's all over social media and exactly. all that sort of stuff. So back to when you were starting, was there any sort of challenges that you came across or fears of this sort of thing where you've just started a business? Was there any worry that it wasn't going to succeed? Or Definitely. I mean, you've got to remember for 20 odd years, I was cocooned in the gas industry. So one big sort of fat, happy family where, you know, you knew your wages were coming in every week or every month. Um, there was the big support there for you and then suddenly to go on your own and have to go and find work yourself it was very daunting very daunting um, what I did um, this, the first week I formed Highlights PR was I joined a business networking group and I've stayed with them for 15 years 
recently left because I feel as though I've done my time with them and I've got the client base that I that I need. And, you know, but I, I would recommend anybody to go and network and regularly, whether that's a paid organised one like I was with or whether it's just a casual one because you've got to get to know people and you, you've got to have it where people say, oh, yeah, I know who you mean. You know, I know Daniel, he's got his car with his name on the side, the same as yep. me with the boat. You've got to do that. Definitely. And when you were starting out, was it hard to find new clients without the networking event? Or were you, did you in, immerse yourself in that networking event so much yeah. that you were just finding clients through that? That's probably how I started, was, was finding clients through the networking. And then once you do one or two, they recommend you to other people. Yeah. And you, you get that. Um, when I first started, websites were fairly new. So I, I don't think I had a website for a long time. In fact, it's probably it's probably only in the last, if I'm honest, in the last five years I've had a website. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I don't get money, much work through the website anyway. It's all through word of mouth or through Facebook yeah. or, or other social media. Because I, I find websites are more and more now just to have there for people when they tell you about a business. You mm. can go on and just quickly see what they're about yeah. or while you're on the phone, scroll down and talk to them rather than actually... Uh, mm. sales driving force for especially yeah, creators I think, I think you're right I mean apps seem to be the things now as well don't yeah. they you know would you ever consider getting a highlights app <laughs> I, I don't know I know boat tracker maybe installed there. well yeah that would be good <laughs> <laughs> I only I only go along the river Tyne though so I'm not hard to spot <laughs> so now with finding clients does it come all from referrals from other people yeah it does it's um I get phone calls from people who've perhaps met me two, three years ago and said, oh, now's, now's the time, that's right. Um, I've got just, I've just got a, a really prestigious um, contract with a, a client in Northumberland who um, I, basically I knew him in a different life. And he rang us up and said, I'm now the commercial manager of this organisation and I want you to do the PR. Wow. And it's, 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 a, it's a good one, you know. Yeah. So if anyone was starting out and they want to get into the PR industry, what sort of advice would you give to them? Meet people, get to know people, um, and also really use common sense. There's there's a lot of people who are writing now and the style isn't isn't right for the newspapers. You've got to read the newspapers to know what the style is. Um, case in point, music, music... Um, PR, I do a lot of music PR, and I, with my role on Radio Northumberland, I get a lot of press releases from bands and stuff, and they think, oh, that's awful. It's just, it's just advertising. It's you don't want to do that. You want you've got to say it in a, in, a, in a way that makes it more newsworthy or more interesting to read rather than just buy this album from so and so. It's their fifth album and it's the best one ever. Yeah, that's rubbish. Yeah, you know, but. Even some of the big PR companies are writing like that. And, and with writing as well, do you think it's more about the story rather than the business? Yes. You've got to have a good angle. You, and, and that's what I'm pretty good at finding. Is I'll have people come up to me saying, here's a story, what do you think? And I'll go, not really. Let's have a chat. Let's see what else. And then we'll find a better story that comes, comes out of that. I'll give you an example. There's a guy who came to me and he said, I'm a wedding photographer and the story is I've left my bedroom and I've now got an office. 
And I thought, right, that's not really a good story because, you know, you want to, you need a story where someone's going to pick a paper up and go, wow. So I sat with him for an hour and gave him questions like, have you ever photographed anybody famous at a wedding? Any unusual venues? No, nothing like that. And we actually sat for ages trying to get this, the angle and the story and nothing came about. And I says, this is the last question because I've got a philosophy that if I can't find the angle, it's not going to go in the papers. And therefore, I'm not taking your money off you. We'll, we'll do it another time. And I says, last question, what do you do as a hobby? And he went, oh, he says, I'm making a movie and it's already been booked in for Cannes Film Festival. And I went, what? What's the movie about? He went, it's um, it's about um, zombie what zombie brides from Satan or something like that. And I went, hang on, so by day you're a wedding photographer, by night you're a videographer doing a zombie film. And he went, yeah. So what we did was, this was fab, We the photograph on any PR has to tell the same story as the words. So we got a photograph of him in his suit, which he would use for the wedding, with his camera around his neck, and on both shoulders he had two zombie brides and bridesmaids, and it was fantastic. And that story literally went all over the world. It went on Sky News, it went on BBC, it was in all the magazines, and all the sci-fi magazines and everything like that. And that's just because we took the time to find the real story. So wow. it did his business the world of good, but it also did his video the world of good, which did go to the Cannes Film Festival. And as, as well, that I mean, that's an amazing story. When you're writing that, do you expect your full text to go in there or do you expect like maybe them to change the headline out and stuff like that? They'll always change the headline. Nine times out of ten, copy, paste, in it goes. But they'll always change the headline, so I don't get uh, worried about that at all. The only one that they haven't changed, in fact, there's two. The first one was when I wrote my press release about my boat. And the headline I came up with was PR boss floats in the city. So that's uh, a PR company floats in the city. They kept that one. And another one was when I worked with the Tyne Idols bus. Uh, Tyne Idols is a, a, a music memorabilia tour company. Lovely big yellow double-decker bus. I've been on the tour. It was absolutely yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it was yeah. great. <laughs> and um, my friends from uh, the Lindisfarne story, Billy and Ray, were playing with their band on Lindisfarne. So the idea was we were going to take the bus full of Lindisfarne fans to Lindisfarne to watch Lindisfarne. So the, that was a great story. So as the bus was new at the time, I suggested that the first story should be that the bus was blessed by the vicar of Lindisfarne. So that was the story. We did that, got in all the papers. The day before... The trip to Lindisfarne, somebody broke into the depot where it was and stole the music system. So that was another story. And we managed to get a new one, a new system, and the event went well at Lindisfarne. But then we had the problem where to put the bus, where it was going to be safe. And North Tyneside Council stepped in. A guy called Steve Bishop helped us. So um, that Steve arranged for the bus to be put in their depot. So the headline I made about that was, the bus blessed by a vicar, um, desecrated by a sinner, and saved by a bishop. That's fantastic. I so, love that. It, it took a while, but uh, but they used that one as well. So That's yeah, great. so yeah, I don't get proud, uh, you know, picky about them 
chopping and changing. If you, if you are writing press releases, the law is cut from the bottom. So make sure your information, your key messages are as high up as possible because that's you, you want to attach, attach, get get the list, the reader to really get engaged from from the very first line, really. Yeah. And with that as well, I mean, I run a small news website and the amount I get that don't have images attached. Oh. And you have to reach out to them and they get images. Oh. All of yours always have images and you always Got hire to. photographers in to do them. Yeah. Do you find that the visual now is a key part of the yeah. press release? Even more so now, if you're doing an event, have video as well. I've had, um, I'll give you an example of the Sunday for Sammy, which is what I look after. Um, we invited the Chronicle to the rehearsals. Now, Sunday for Sammy is a show um, where we keep the performers top secret until the day because we want the audience to be wowed by who's going to be there. So it was difficult for me to invite the Chronicle the day before to do a review or a preview um, without giving too much away. So that had to be very carefully managed. But we did allow the reporter to do some selected uh, video of the rehearsals and what have you. And um, it, the amount of hits that it got is unbelievable. So anybody who's doing like an event... 30 seconds of video is essential and you know you can do it on the camera but if you've got someone like yourself who can do it properly get it get it there straight away yeah and with that as well do you package all this up and send it to them over email or do you sort of you know go around and deliver them by sheets of paper and usb sticks used to used to um when i first started it was all paper and photographs i had to get the photographs printed (laughs) and that was back in the gas days but um, no it's all email now and um the way I do it is because of the relationships I've got with the local press, they each get an individual um, email, not one of these round-robin things, you know. The only exception is if, um, as when I do um, press releases, um, then have to go to sort of trade magazines. I don't know the people in. Let's say it's for, the for um, I don't know, people who make... Mixing desks, right? Mm-hmm. I've done done things for amplifiers and stuff. But yeah, we use the amplifier one. There are specialist magazines, believe it or not, for rock musicians, yep. just about amplifiers. So there might be three of those magazines. I don't know the personal editors there, so I just make distribution lists based on the information I can get from the systems I subscribe to. And how do you go about, without revealing too much, how do you go about getting that information? Are you going on the website and crawling for their emails? Or no. are you, do you I, have I've, systems? I've got a system that I subscribe to. It costs quite a lot of money each month, but I just need to type in the subject I'm looking at and it gives me every reporter in the country who is interested in that subject or every magazine. And that will make your workflow so much easier with that. Too late, yeah. It really does. It loses that personal touch, um, but I can't be expected to know everybody in the country. Yeah. But for local stuff, it's all individual emails. So how did you build up that relationship with the local press? Because obviously, just sending them stuff isn't going to do anything really. Well, funny enough, um, in the in the early days, I used to ring them up and say, we'd like to go for a coffee and stuff like that. And one or two did, but most of them were too busy. Um, I never hassle journalists. A lot of PR companies do. Um, they'll ring up and say, I've got this press release coming will you put it in and you know i don't do that i send it if they like it they'll print it if they don't they won't um thankfully they like most of them but i I won't i won't ever hassle um 
But what you tend to find is that if you're sending press releases, which are well written with good photography, the journalists will come to expect them. And when they're sitting and one drops into their email box and they see it's from Highlights PR, they'll read it. Whereas if it's coming from Johnny Johnny Lately or whoever, they don't know who that person is. So they may read it, but they'll not give it the same sort of um, precedence that, that, that they would give to someone like me or another PR agency who's giving them quality stuff all the yeah. time. And that's why when sometimes I see me... Um, some of my clients and they'll say, oh, well, we've, we've already done press releases. And I said, well, did it print anywhere? Oh, no. You know, so it it's good to go to a, a proper PR agency, just like, you know, photography or any other professional business. The people who know what they're doing, it's a lot better to, to use that. But, um, yeah, it's definitely worthwhile. But there's ways that you can actually... Do it yourself and get yourself to the top of the pile as well. Make sure that the photograph tells the same story as the the, the writing. Make sure it's well written. That the gra- Just check your grammar, check your spelling. Because the first thing they're going to do is they see spelling mistakes. They're going to think, what's this about, you know? So it's simple things like that. Um, and don't hassle the, the reporters because it's just not worth it. Because at the end of the day, if they want to print it, they'll just print it there and then yeah. if they don't, they'll... I'll, I'll give you another example of how a lawyer haven't... You don't necessarily have to meet them. We do talk on the phone now and then uh, because they'll ring up and say, you've just sent a press release. Can you can you get us a quote from somebody else as well? You know, and things like that. Yeah, of course. And that's great because you know that it's going to print. I was sitting on my boat the other day and the phone rang and it was a journalist from the, the Chronicle and she says... Um, I'm standing next to your van. I went, oh, great. Do you want a cup of, cup of coffee on the boat? She went, yeah, because you may be able to help us. And she came on the boat and I said, well, what are you doing here? I'd never met her before. She was lovely. Uh, she says, I'm doing an article on people who live and work on boats. And she knew I was there, but she just came on spec. So what I did is I spent an hour and a half with her, introducing her to all the people in the marina and the, the manager. But the next uh, two or three days later, there's a double page spread and there's Keith sitting there with his boat, free PR for me. But more importantly, that relationship with that reporter was bonded because I'd helped her. So she's helped me. That's fantastic. So, I mean, those relationships take years and years and years to build. Yeah. Um, And with people starting out, getting, just getting the content out there is the main thing I'm guessing. Um, Yeah. Sometimes it's not the right time for, for, for firms. And sometimes I'll actually say it to a client, don't put anything out yet. It's not worth it. It's not the right time for your business. So I won't just do any story if it, you know, to get the money in. It's not about that. Yeah. It's because it's my reputation as well, and 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 I, I, I am very busy. But if you know, you never turn work down. But sometimes you just think that's not the right story for this yeah, time. Definitely. And then with that as well. When you were starting out, was there any a t- was there any a point of time where you thought I'm going to make a mistake here, but it paid off, or was there sort of any worry back then when you were starting out? I think when I started off, I mentioned before I felt cocooned by the gas industry. It was really awful being on your own, um, and you also look at the big PR agencies and think oh, they're much better than me, much better than me. But it's not until 
you actually start doing it and you get results yourself and your confidence rises that you think I'm every bit as good as them, you know. Um, so my advice to anybody starting out in PR is practice. Just write, send it to places and, you know, it may print. And if it prints, it'll give you a massive boost. Really will. I used to, <laughs> I used to copy every um, clipping and I put them in these massive scrapbooks. And when I used to go and see a new client, I used to have these massive scrapbooks. Look, this is what I've done. And now it's all on an iPhone. You just do the clippings on the iPhone and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I used to go around with these huge books. And do you think technology has made it easier for people starting in the PR industry and easier for you? Or do you think it's sort of taking away from what it used to be? I think it's changing because... The be-all and end-all and when I started was to get something in the papers. Now it's it's not. It's about getting people recognised, whether that be in the newspapers, magazines or online. There's so many online things now where you can send it to one of these news agencies like the one you've got and they can get five, 6,000 hits and that's, that's what my clients want. Yeah. And with that as well, is the whole market changing for PR because of that? Is it now including social media and stuff? Because I know you do a lot of media training as well as yeah. PR. I do media training for people who want to be on the radio and what to say and what not to say. Um, I used to do a lot of social media tweeting and Facebook work. But I suppose in hindsight, that was when I started off. And um, when I didn't have a lot of PR work to do, it was good to have this regular income to be honest now, I still do a couple, but I haven't got the time to do it. So I'll leave it to people who do that as a profession. You know, I'm, I'm all for using experts um, rather than being half-handed about yeah. it. So as well with a lot of um, sort of larger companies as well, they employ people on sort of managerial levels that manage their sort of, or maybe someone's really good at everything. Do you think that there's a real market now for people who are just good at one thing, like good at video, good at PR, and those experts are really good in their industry? There's a few PR agencies who um, say they do everything, but all they're doing is palming it out to experts. Um, And I I tend to specialise in press releases and don't really get involved with videos, although I've done a few through contacts for, for my clients. Perhaps that's something I should do more of. But if a client asks for it, I'll get it. Yeah. yeah, and you know someone who can do it as well, which is the most important yeah. thing. Yeah. So with that as well, there's a lot of trust built up with your clients. Do you get many people coming to you and saying, do you know someone who'll do this and stuff like that? Yeah, um, I think with being in the business uh, referral group for so many years, people just ring me up now as a yellow pages. Who do you know who does this, you know? And um, nine times out of ten, I can tell them who the person to use and... Likewise, the person not to use. Yeah. So it's been absolutely great talking to you. I'm going to cut this here because um, I have to now go and uh, go to another meeting. But it's been absolutely fantastic talking no to problem. you. Um, go and check out Keith's work. What's your website? Highlightspr.co.uk. It's fantastic. And you're also on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram as At well. At Highlightspr and Facebook as well. I'm, I'm not up there with Instagram. I am there, <laughs> but I don't use it. But if anybody wants to come to the boat, have a coffee, all I have to do is get in touch. And as I say, no hard sell. And uh, I, I just love showing off the boat. I'd also vouch and highly recommend Keith. I've known him for a few years and he's never let anyone down who I've known. So definitely go over and check him out. Thanks, Daniel. Nice, it's been good talking to you.